Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. Yeah, welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and our friends at David Hobbs Honda. I'm Steve Zaki, Jeff Rolowski. Evan Heppelfinger, Evan Heppel, you know, did you know he sh- he actually shortened his name for radio? It used to be, actually be longer than that. Than Heppelfinger? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, can you imagine having that name on the back of a football or a it'd baseball be, it'd jersey? It'd be like Schottenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to. You would have to be probably three, three fifty four bills to get it to fit across the back. <laughs> oh, we oh, can't uh, hear it. You got to turn them on. What happened? I said uh, to fit all the letters on your name on the back of a football jersey, you'd have to be about 354 bills. I mean, I can do whatever it needs to be done to get to that jersey. Well, I, I told listeners that you actually shortened your name for radio, so actually, actually it was longer than that. But how, how, many, how many letters is that? Oh, man, you're going to make me count on the spot. You I don't think know. like 10, 12, something like that. You don't like know that. how many letters is in your last name. I've honestly never thought about it before. I just had to count it's just mine. It's a lot of them. I got six. I got seven. See, people people freak out with the Z. Yeah. Z and they just freak. There's a Z. There is a Z phobia. I've seen it all my life. When people see that Z, they just start to. Uh, 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 How many you got, uh, Heffels? Twelve. Twelve. Wow. What's your middle name? Mark. Oh, see, should have been E. Evan Edward. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Well, you did a great job, Heffels. Thank nice you. Nice job. Okay, now leave. NASCAR time. <laughs> NASCAR. That was a hell of a finish at Pocono last week. Denny Hamlin gets the overtime win. He does. Uh, he does well there. He does do well. He's, there. he's a he's a East Coast racer. He does well at uh, Pocono. He does well at Richmond. So that's now what his third win on the season. I think. Yeah. Snuck up and just think at the we, when we did a preseason show, we're like, hmm, hmm, we don't know. Uh, he could be on the hot seat. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, shows how silly we are. That, yeah. Uh, but yeah, another good finish for NASCAR, and at Pocono, that's something that doesn't happen all that often. New, no. and next year it's a doubleheader: Saturday, Sunday. Yep, that'll be nice. Get both those races out of the way real quick. IndyCar will be there in a few weeks, so uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, they have a compressed uh, schedule at Pocono. Yeah, they really do. But and then uh, this week we got Watkins Glen, one of my favorites. You hate it, yeah, yeah. The you Rays, know. We got the Xfinity Series today, and then the Cup Series tomorrow, and then uh, Thursday we had Odora. Yeah, Stuart Dirt Derby Friesen getting his first win of the year. You know, he was obviously he entered that race as the overwhelming favorite. If you follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Orlowski, I did pick uh, Friesen to win. 
Obviously, I did not go out on any kind of a limb picking that, but it was nice to see him finally, finally reach victory lane. Friesen has come up short and been so close so many times. You know, he seems like a very easy person to root for, and so I was I was glad to see him get the job done. Yeah, and it was it was, you know, I, I mean, we probably get a little bit spoiled with Odor with some of the previous races and that, and it wasn't the the best of 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 the races at Odora. But I mean, the pluses that remain is that it's on dirt, and of course you got the traditional dirt people like oh it's not yeah i know that but it's like i always use the analogy of the of, of the blues brothers and blues music right i had a buddy of mine he's really into the blues blues music hardcore blues guy and i remember many many years ago i said well you know the blues brothers and they're like <laughs> blues brother i said hey listen when i was like in my early teens and the blues brothers were hot that introduced me to blues music right and then it evolves from there. And with NASCAR going to Eldora, it exposes people who might not be or don't think about eh, dirt, dirt track racing. And I think because of that, it gets people to Eldora or whether it's Sun Prairie, Wilmont, some of the tracks around here, uh, whether it's Indiana, wherever. I mean, Angel if it, Park. If it gets you to the, uh, to the dirt track, then it's doing its job. Yeah, I agree. I think it uh, it's a great showcase for the truck series. It's a great showcase for dirt racing in general. Um, and it's nothing but a benefit for these local tracks. And But if, it, you, if you want to see a real race at Eldora, see the Outlaws. Oh, yeah. USAC Spring Cars or USAC Midgets. Oh, yeah. they tear that track up. Oh, those guys, they're just whipping around that track so fast and just... Close the, side by side. The trucks racing. are very, very slow. In fact, our friend Brian Kapinski was on the show uh, last week. Uh, he did a stat last year that the USAC stock cars, the last year they ran at Eldora, 1984 and 1985, were lapping faster than the trucks were last year. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing because let's put it this way the USAC stock cars that were running in the mid 80s were probably at least on average 10 years old, old technology. And you know they weren't uh, you know they were pretty long in the tooth and for those guys to be lapping around and that, and that's a case in point where the NASCAR don't doesn't let them do much to the trucks to modify them for the dirt other than taking you know the splitter off and some other stuff. So yeah, you know it's a it's an acquired taste because they do yeah. have to uh, well, amend it, the rules a little right, bit. Right where you enter pit road is how you uh, exit and line up on the track. So. You know, it doesn't matter if your pit stop is uh, 20 seconds or your pit stop is Mm -hmm. two and a half minutes. If you come in in first place, you leave the pits in first place. So there are some changes that are not like a normal race weekend. I'll put the emphasis on the the track, what happens on the track, which which should be in dirt track racing. It does. Uh, My main problem with Eldora this time is that there were just too many cautions, and the cautions just seemed to last forever. Yeah, and they try to, and they try to not, you know, if the car spins and he's moving, they don't. They, you know, they try and hold them, but I think some of the guys are, you know, they go, oh well, why don't I just stop here until the caution flies, and then I can get my lap back. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, there's some games being played and stuff like that. It was just this race wasn't as good as previous Eldora races to me just because it was hard to find the rhythm 
with as many cautions and how long the cautions went for. But that being said, I love dirt track racing. I can't wait. You know, I go to the local tracks around here, three, four, five, as many times as I can get out to go, uh, whether it's by myself, whether it's with a buddy, or whether I'm uh, dragging my kids along. But, uh, you know, it's great, and I, I do believe that it does help grow dirt track racing among fans and families, and that's where the future fans of NASCAR are. And if you bring them to your local track, and it doesn't matter if it's Great Lakes Dragway, which has absolutely nothing to do with dirt or NASCAR or anything like that, or whether you bring them to Angel Park or the Hill uh, in Sturgeon Bay or Beaver Dam, you know, you're helping grow motorsports, and for that, I, t- I tip my hat. Yeah, you certainly are, and it, it, it's, you know, it, it is what it is, and it was better than a, a uh, Broncos and Falcons team that did not have Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan playing, so. No, anything's better than a Hall of Fame game. I'd rather have a root canal than uh, than watch that game on ever. It's just, it's so pointless and awful. Yeah. <sighs> In, in the past, I've been able to watch it, and it's 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 you know because it's like oh it's football it's like but now, and I think I think years years ago you, you they had more of the stars. I mean even when the Packers were in it that one the the one year when they they had to cut it for uh, thunder for lightning that was it about ten years ago I think it was remember that well they were supposed to be in and, it what. Uh... When Favre went in, yeah. and wasn't that the year that it got canceled? That because was the year of the it got canceled. Field. But previous to that, they had one that they they canceled, like in the third quarter. But it seems like the players in that played a little more. You know, now they're so protective; it's even more so. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, if you look on YouTube, um, they got a, a couple of preseason games, and this was well, and this was a different time now, like back in the '60s and '70s into the '80s, where you know, the guy's preseason was, well, you actually got in shape. So they actually played six. Until 1978, they played six preseason Oh, I know. Games, and the starters played a lot, you know. know. And, and and then they changed it when they went to the 16-game season. And you'll probably see that when they go eventually. I think it's eventually going to happen, that 18-game season. It'll, we'll just have two preseason games. Well, that's trying to help protect the veterans. Uh, do you find – getting this back to NASCAR, that uh, Jimmy Johnson's crew chief swap, do you think that is all because of performance, or do you think it's trying to protect the legacy that Jimmy Johnson has built now that he's been struggling mightily? I don't think it was working. Let's try, you know. Sometimes, you know, it's a case in point where, you know, you're going out with a girl early on, it just ain't working out, just cut cut bait and move on. I think that's the case with, with this. It's not working. And uh, you know, let, let's let's do something now. Let's start working. Let's try something now. So okay, when next year comes, we're on. The, we're really starting to click then. So okay. I think it, I think it's a good move. You know, obviously it ain't working. So let's try something. And yeah, it is. You know, out what nineteen years it was. Yeah, with Chad Canals, and you know, but I mean, hey, he's no Chad Canals, and not. And sometimes it's just it's a situation where. You know, it, it just didn't work out. Well, not many people are Chad Knauss. It's their Ray Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why Chad Knauss has had, you know, kind of un, unprecedented success in NASCAR. And uh, that's why, for me, it was so shocking that 
Jimmy Johnson and that team moved on from Chad Canals. And I know that they were struggling the last couple right. years, but it's still, you know, all those championships together, man, you know, that's hard but to walk away it, from. It, it, it does. But, I mean, look at Earnhardt. You know, everybody thinks with Earnhardt it was just Larry McReynolds. He had multiple crew chiefs. Even Richard Petty moved on from Dale Inman. So, it's it, it it's just part of life. You got to move on. It's it's any any it, it, I, I it's real I it's kind of like a quarterback and a head coach, you yeah. know. And and everybody goes through that. And we've seen this last year with with what was happening up in Green Bay. So change is good. You got to switch things up, and especially in the world today, with you have a sport that's changing as much as it has. And it's also a sport where you're, you're limited on what you can do, and I, I think, I, I think if you had if 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 the teams had more leniency on what they could do to the cars, Jimmy Johnson would have been even more successful than he was because well, Chakanos was that was the smartest guy in the garage and knew, as Sparky would say, cheat. But knew how to push the rules, uh-huh. and he was trying different things. And I, I can I can say that he was here at a test at Milwaukee, and uh, a buddy of mine was saying, you know, Chad was just so frustrated by how he was limited on what he wanted to do to the car. He knew what needed to be done with the car, but they're put in such a box that they can't do it. And right? It's, it's it's frustrating for somebody like him. So, you know, I, I um. You know, like I said, if 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 it was more, if it was more like the '80s and 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 '90s when Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauser were teamed up, you know, I I think who knows what they could have done. Yeah, I agree. You know, Chad Knauser definitely liked to live in that gray zone and uh, the gray area, and uh, obviously had had a ton of success and and he was great in that in that role and. Yeah. Uh, you know, so far it hasn't transferred over, but uh, as much. He does have a win, though. Well, uh, hey, let's talk Watkins Glen. Uh, Five-lap averages, it's, it, well, usually it's a 10-lap average of Watkins Glen because of the size, the length of the track and everything. Uh, best five-lap average, uh, Kyle Busch, which is not a surprise. I just think he is the, uh, the road course guy right now to beat with the team, with Toyota, what they're able to do, and his, his team – and, and and what you know they they are the team to beat on the road courses but the guy who uh, is right there with him the Chevy driver yes it is Chase Elliott who was second quick Denny Hamlin uh, was third uh, with Martin Truex in the 19 car uh, Kyle Larson one what just frustrating as if longtime listeners know I'm a big Kyle Larson fan it, it is such a frustrating frustrating year. Uh, you know, we we're in this Winterhawk uh, NASCAR pool. Yep. This was the first time since he was a rookie that I did not pick Kyle Larson in either one of my teams because I just had a bad feeling about this year. And uh, well, I hate to say it, but I'm thankful I don't have the 42 car on my team. Um, and then we have Blaney, uh, Keslowski, uh, Boyer, uh, William Byron, and Alex Bowman. So you got the 200 cars, ninth and 10th. I think they just updated it, though. Because I thought uh, Di Benedetto was in the top ten uh, when I when I looked up on the screen, so uh, he's another one. And that's in case of what we were talking about this earlier uh, uh, during in, during the break during the the pregame show. Uh, when Matt, De, well, where is he going to be the ninety five car? 
you know, is is there's speculation with Joe Gibbs with the four drivers. You got this fifth driver, Christopher Bell, who's tearing it up in the Xfinity series. He's cup ready. Where does he go? And do you put him in the 20 car and then move possibly move Eric Jones to the 95? Does the uh, uh, the Levine family, do they go to a second car? That's what I would like to see because I, I really like, uh, as Matt, what do you call him? D-Burrito. <laughs> I like, I, I, he deserves to be in the Cup Series. Uh, you know, it was, uh, that was a ballsy move he did last year by cutting ties and becoming a free agent say, hey, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. Who wants to hire me? And the 95 car, oh, I think it's worked out very well. They do have an affiliation with Joe Gibbs Racing, so – uh, in my world that I would like to see, I would rather see Christopher Bell in the 20 car. Let's move Eric Jones to the 95 and then have a, uh, another 50, number 59, whatever, t- you know, whatever number you want to use. And let's put Levine with a two car team. like to see that. Cause that's a team. I mean, that's really done it right. Uh, they, they, they started small and they, every year they get a little better, a little better, a little better. Now with Joe Gibbs racing affiliation, you saw that with a couple top fives this year, and I uh, look for him. He, he could uh, surprise some people this weekend. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking a little F1 racing. F, believe it or not, NASCAR racing has been getting better. So has the Formula One circus. So German Grand Prix last week. We're going to talk with uh, David Hobbs coming up next. After David, we'll be talking with Cooper McNeil, who's up at Road America this weekend for the IMSA weekend, and then uh, Eddie Lapine, who's also at Road America. So we're going to be switching to road racing uh, for the rest of the show. So hang on. We're going to be taking left and right turns, Jeff. Okay, I'm uh, I'm buckled in. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Final inspection. inspection. Time to hear from the Hall of Fame Formula One driver and legendary motorsports television commentator, David Hobbs. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotkin. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from Road America, David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Steve. Yeah, thank you very much. Always good to be on your show. So, and, um, up here at Road America, busy weekend. Uh, a lot of cars, a lot of people. Great show. And uh, I, I've I've heard from the grapevine that they uh, had the red flag thing because of lightning. Yeah, actually, it didn't look too bad. Uh, I wonder why the shop had suddenly filled up and turned out it was just <laughs> warning. But uh, the marshals, they had to bring all the marshals in because of the severe weather warning. Anyway, they're all out again now because the cars are back on the track. So, Excellent. Uh, I guess the danger's passed. And uh, you're in the the new, uh, I guess, expanded gift shop at Road America. That's right on the in the paddock on the main road. Uh, signing books, uh, hobble this weekend, aren't you? I am. We sold a few. Um, in fact, things are going pretty well. I'm with Bert Levy, who's selling his myriads of books. And Julie uh, lets us have our little stand at the end of the. Of the, of the paddock shop here, which, as you say, is a very splendiferous place. I mean, it's a big shop uh, with a lot of stuff. And, of course, underneath is the Tufty Center, named after Cliff Tufty, who built Road America. And, of course, it's uh, their banquet room. So, yeah, it's a very it's a very nice uh, unit. And what, 
which uh, IndyCar Weekend, you had the pleasure of hosting in an event. And then uh, coming up NASCAR Weekend in a couple weeks or three weeks, Robbie Gordon will be hosting a, a rib fest type uh, deal uh, down in the banquet room NASCAR Weekend. So that should be a lot of fun. If uh, people oh, yeah. are interested in that, they can go to roadamerica.com for, for details on that. Uh, switching over to Formula One, you know, early on it, it was just a – dreadful season as Mercedes just uh pardon a pun just panzered through the field and was dominating and uh the threat from uh Ferrari the the to to give them a push just never really developed but now the last three four races have been absolutely entertaining and the German Grand Prix was one of those races where you were just like wow I can't believe this is happening and um Max Verstappen with the win and not only that but just uh the, you know, the, the drivers that were on the podium and almost made the podium, uh, you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, wow, nice job. Yes, it was a fascinating race. Um, again, the weather made the race. Um, and even Lewis Hamilton, who is who has won uh, in his career since 2007, he's won something like nine of the wet races that were in that period of time, way, way more than anybody else. Until last week, when he had a couple of faux pas of his own, they had a terrible pit stop, uh, and he finished out of the points. Verstappen, who was lying third in the points, uh, made a huge uh, increase, of course, on his nearest rival, which is uh, Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Vettel. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then of course today, in Hungary, just one week later. This is the last race now before the summer break where there's no racing at all in August for the Formula 1 guys. Um, Verstappen managed to put the car on the pole position here in Hungary. And um, again, it's another Hamilton circuit. He already has six pole positions here and six wins. Um, but it could be a very interesting race. I mean, Verstappen out qualified. Because um, it wasn't Hamilton who was next to Verstappen on the front row. It's Hamilton's teammate. Valtteri Bottas, who's right there. Interesting. Uh, then comes Hamilton. Then it's Leclerc, who out-qualifies his teammate, Sebastian Vettel, for the fifth race in a row. Um, and then um, the rest of the field behind that. So it was a pretty interesting qualifying session, of course, the times, as you can imagine, are all very, very close. So the race tomorrow really is stacking up to be a pretty good one. Yeah, it was interesting uh, on the, the Sky Sports coverage. You were saying how with with uh, with, with the Hungarying, uh, with some of the corners that they have, don't doesn't really bode well for the for the Mercedes. You know, the Mercedes is is is, is very good on some of these long kind of sweeping corners, but with the apexes and 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 the tightness of the corners, it doesn't really bode well for the for the Mercedes. Is that something you're 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 seeing? Well, but- well, you've got a point there. They they're very good in the center, in the in the second sector, which is the twistiest bit of the track. But the trouble with that is, there's no good being quick there because you can't overtake. Uh, and Hungary is notoriously difficult to mm-hmm. overtake on, and uh, obviously the uh, the Mercedes can't really stretch its legs here. And of course, um, it's uh, very very. Um, you've got to go down the record books. This is only what the third pole position that Honda have had since like 2002 uh, so it's their first pole position in the, since the, uh, the hybrid area uh, era so uh, I've no doubt the guys at Honda are absolutely ecstatic um, 
terrific effort by Verstappen. Of course, they had their first win for a hell of a long time uh, last week in Germany. So, yeah, things are looking up for, for Honda, which, uh, as a Honda dealer, uh, I like to see, obviously. Uh, and, of course, everybody likes to see it because it, it adds a bit of excitement yes, to the race. Yes, it does. Yep. Which, as you say, this season has been pretty much dominated by um, not only Mercedes, but by Lewis Hamilton, too. We're talking to David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Yeah, last week with uh, Germany, you had uh, Sebastian Vettel starting uh, la- ended up you know starting last, worked his way through the field, uh, and I, I, it must have felt good for him to get up on the podium in second. And then the the guy that just you know we we scratch our heads at because he keeps coming back is Daniel Kafiet, who who was out of uh, who was unceremoniously dumped. And then comes back to Red Bull and ends up on the podium uh, uh, in in Germany. And then uh, Lance Stroll too, who almost looked like he was going to be on the the podium, uh, which would have been a first for uh, Racing Point. Well, you're right. And, and again, as I said earlier, the weather played just an incredible part in it. Uh, everybody's strategy was mixed up. They had to come in and out, change tires multiple times. You know, intermediates, slicks, they all tried slicks and uh, with desire, with disastrous consequences. I must say, I thought at the time they had been a bit op- optimistic going on to slicks at that period. Um, but as you say, yeah, people like Lance Stroll had a great race. Uh, qualifying wasn't so good today. Neither he nor his teammate uh, Perez got out of Q1, which is not very good for racing point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, George Russell in the Williams had their best qualifying because normally the two Williams have been dead last in every qualifying and every race this year. Uh, And George Williams really very close to getting into Q2. Uh, And the gap between the Williams in the front of the field has suddenly dropped to about a second and a half. Uh, Whereas at the beginning of the season, the the gap between them and the rest of the field was about four seconds. Sure. Things are looking better for him, but of course he's still going to be near the back of the of the grid, but still uh, looking pretty good. Gasly got through to the top ten. Ron Grosjean in the in the American Haas car uh, qualified down in what eighth or ninth spot. Um, so uh, looking good for them, but they they seem to have a the Haas car seems to have trouble making the tyres work. Mm-hmm. More trouble than the most people. But uh, yeah, I mean tomorrow's stacking up to be a pretty interesting race, but. It, you know, it could be a bit processional because, as I say, overtaking at the Hungaroring ring is not easy. Yeah, it's it's not, and uh, yeah, that is with with George Russell. It, it you know for a, a Williams for a team that is so heralded in in won championships with uh, Nelson Piquet and and and, and Alan Jones, and to see them struggling is certainly painful, especially with this year uh, what happened. In in preseason uh, testing and that, but yeah, maybe they're they're finally making their way and making that chassis work, isn't it? aren't they? Well, apparently they bought a whole raft of, of uh, updates to Germany, which didn't seem to work very well. But they all the drivers said the car is a lot better, and obviously today showed that uh, they are making good strides, uh, which is terrific to see. Uh, because believe it or not, Williams are still second in the amount of manufacturers championships won behind Ferrari. Um, they have won nine championships hmm. because Ferrari have been in Formula One sure. 20 years longer than Williams, so that makes a big help. 
the two McLarens uh, looked very good today as well. They both got in the top ten. So that's good for them. They, they're improving enormously. Poor old Daniel Ricciardo, who has won this race, arriving for Red Bull, must be ruining his decision to move from Red Bull to Renault because he, too, failed to get out of Q1. Um, they made a poor decision and let him out in traffic, and they were all stumbling over each other. And uh, Daniel Ricciardo failed to get out of Q1, so he'll be very, very uptight going into the race tomorrow. Ah, uh, it's okay. He's, he's crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> yes, that is true. I was thinking this morning... He was doing his interview and smiling away. And I thought, yeah, well, Daniel, you've always smiled. Well, you're always great. You're a great interview. You're terrific. But uh, the fact is, yeah, he paid about 10, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yep, I guess you can, I can. I guess a lot of things would go wrong if you're getting paid 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next for Mr. Hobbs? Are you you're going out to Philadelphia next? Or what, what's what's next for, for, the, for the guy who's well, retired and has never traveled more in his life, I think? Well, this week we're here at Road America for the IMSA race, which looks like it's going to be a pretty good race as well, because all the drivers love it here because it's a nice long circuit over four miles of uh, hilly terrain. So lots of great corners, uh, some elevation change, massive, great, great spectator uh, track because you can move around. You know, you can go from corner to corner so easily, and uh, and the drivers like it too. Next week, next Saturday, I'm uh, flying over to uh, Philadelphia to go to the Fred Simeon collection, which is one of the finest collections in North America. And me and Will Buxton, who a lot of our mm-hmm. listeners will remember being on uh, Formula One, he now works for Formula One, uh, he is flying over to the States for the one day to sell his book. So he and I will both be selling our books at Simeon next week. Uh, and as I say, it's a fantastic collection. If you're ever in the Philadelphia area, it is certainly worth it. And then uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to uh, up to Boston. I'm going to go to the Lime Rock weekend for their vintage ball festival. And I'm doing an event down in September in Arkansas for the um, Brits over the Ozarks. Still not quite sure who Brits over the Ozarks are, <laughs> but they're very nice people. <laughs> I guess it's all sorts of British cars are going to be on display uh, down there in Arkansas. Interesting. Um, so that should be good fun, too. All right. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we will chat more in the upcoming weeks. And uh, coming up next, we're going to talk with Cooper McNeil, driver of the Scuderia Corsa, WeatherTech Ferrari 488 GT3 in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, who is racing up at Road America, where you can buy a copy of Habo at the Big Road America gift shop uh, and have it autographed and maybe even buy a book by Burt Levy. So uh, make sure you check those up at Road America uh, either today and or tomorrow. So coming up next, Cooper McNeil on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Cooper McNeil, driver of a really good-looking Ferrari that's racing this weekend up at Road America. Cooper, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. 
Uh, so tell us about your car. It's a Ferrari. Uh, I get lost here in the numbers. And it's not a 458, but it's uh what number is it? So it's a 488 GT3 car. And it's a pretty hot-looking car. Um, now, I, 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 you know, when you when you tell people you race cars, I, I know you've run in this, especially if you're at an establishment that serves adult beverages. They go, oh, you race NASCAR, don't you? But do you kind of get them to go, hmm, well, here, let me show you the car I race. Here's this Ferrari 488 GT. Uh, does that kind of change them over and like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And one of the one of the really uh, key things about the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is the diversity within the series, having uh, I believe eight or nine makes in just uh, just one class in the GTD class alone. So you have all of these different cars: Lamborghinis, Porsches, BMWs, Ferraris, Audis, Mercedes, Acuras, all sorts of different race cars that people can relate to. They see, they see, you know, similar versions of these types of cars on the street and also the brand name, of course, and they, uh, they can relate to them, which, which gains interest, which is really, really special instead of, uh, you know, prototypes where people don't ever see prototypes on the, on the street. So it's, they're very hard to relate to, but they, they see a Ferrari and they go, hey, you know, that's, that's cool. For, you know, racing a Ferrari is, is, uh, is, is pretty darn cool. And, uh, Definitely lucky to uh, to be able to, uh, to to compete in uh, in such a special championship sure. and in such a special car. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. And uh, we had uh, Tony Vlander on the show last year, and uh, one of our best interviews. In fact, uh, what we did a best of show uh, at the end of the season. We actually put him on there because he was so informative. Uh, walking us through the cars and the series and everything. And, of course, he's a TV guy. He does F1 in his native country. But uh, tell us your, your relationship with Tony and how that's progressed. Yeah, so Tony and I met uh, midway through last year. Um, but him and I have become great friends, and uh, we get along super well. Great camaraderie. We work well as teammates together. We both fit in in the same seat. and um, That's a plus. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, Tony and I uh, uh, are having a having a good time. And uh, now he's been racing for a long time. You've been racing for a while too. But uh, how, how, when you guys do your debriefings and that, uh, I mean, it, when it comes to car setups and that kind of stuff, how does that work out between you two? Yeah, Tony's uh, been a long, around for a long time. He's won Le Mans twice in a Ferrari and, and other championships in, in Ferraris. And, I mean, the guy can uh, can drive. So um, I've got a lot to learn from him. And so I've just wanted to be open and uh, basically a sponge, trying to learn as much as I can from him because of his wealth of knowledge, and especially with a 488 chassis. Um, and... Uh, so as far as the setup goes, I mean, him and I really like similar setups as far as the race car goes, and um, so it's pretty pretty uh, streamlined as far as the debriefs go when when we uh, discuss uh, setup and what to do and what direction to take and and what the car is doing and when it's doing it and that kind of thing. So so it, it's been you know we've clicked really well and, and it's working uh, it's working okay. 
We're talking with uh, Cooper McNeil on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, who will be participating in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship uh, from Road America for the Road Racing Showcase that will be happening. Started on Thursday, continues today through tomorrow at Road America. Now, Cooper, being from Hinsdale, Illinois, you're kind of a local kid, albeit uh, south of the good border there. Uh, Does that make you a Bears fan? Absolutely, that sure does. All right. Well, if you ever decide to follow NFL teams, uh, can we'll recommend the Green Bay Packers for you. So if you ever move <laughs> up to professional football, uh, you know, feel free to cheer for the Packers. Um, so, what about baseball? Are you uh, Cubs or that that horrible team on the South Side down there? I'm actually wearing a blue hat right now as we speak. Okay. All right. Yeah, well. so is my partner, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from down there as well. So uh, they call us uh, FIBS up here, which is a term of endearment. I can't tell you what it, uh, the acronym stands for or I get kicked off the radio. What? Um, so, so if you're from down here, you're a Packers fan. How does that work? Well, I was just, I say I was born with an extra brain cell. I've been a Packer <laughs> fan my whole life. I'm a season ticket holder. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how this season goes. It's it's right around the corner. We'll we'll let that speak for itself. <laughs> well, good luck with Mitch Trubisky. I can't root for him because he's a ski, but he's SKY, where the, all the good ones are SKI. So, uh, good 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 luck with him. I'll I'll stick with Aaron Rodgers. Now, when you're driving around, you know, uh, what are you listening to? What kind of music do you like? Uh, I listen to a lot of old school music. I don't really listen to too much new stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of old school rock and uh, rock and roll. Uh, a little bit of old school country, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, that kind of thing, and uh, and then a little bit of uh, old school hip hop when uh, when rhyming was uh, was was actually uh, an art. And um, so yeah, basically a lot of old stuff. Okay. Sounds like good. Yeah. yeah, old school rap. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, question for you. Final question before we go because of the short show today. Uh, how many brats are you going to be able to eat this weekend? Oh, boy. How many brats am I going to be able to eat? Yeah. Or how many brats do I want to eat this weekend? That, well, that's <laughs> both. Yeah, I guess you could do both. Yeah. Uh, I might have one or two, but, uh, you know, they're not really good race car food. Right. Um, Maybe after the race. But- yeah, definitely after the race. There you go. All right. Well, Cooper, we certainly appreciate you taking a time out. Give our best to Tony, and uh, best of luck this weekend uh, up at Road America. Will do. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. That was Cooper McDeal joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Make sure you check them out. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship for Road America can be watched uh, live, live today an NBC Sports app, and then later on, uh, make sure you check out NBC Sports Network for all that good stuff. And, of course, uh, the race tomorrow, Road America, the Road Racing Championship, a showcase. Looking forward to that and heading up there after the show here. It's going to be a hell of a race. That's we'll be sure. back after this on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. 
as well as David Hobbs Honda joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. From RacingNation.com, it is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, how you doing today, guys? Pretty good. Of course, Eddie's up at Road America for the IMSA Road Race Showcase, which is occurring from August 1st through the 4th tomorrow. And I had some storms roll through up up there because I, I think they finally made it down here to Milwaukee now. Well, it, it delayed qualifying a little bit, and it's just finishing up with the, the DPs right now. And uh, key cars. Yeah, and who, who's 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 uh, who is the hot setup so far in the, in the headliners, the, the the prototypes? Well, the Penske cars have been up front, and it's just about to end. It just finished, and, and we a- got. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, breaking <laughs> oh. news. Eddie's breaking news right now. He's trying to get the, let me guess, qualifying is just ending, correct? Right. It's just ending the Penske of Dane Cameron All right. took the pole, and the Oliver Jarvis took second place. So right the Mazda the Mazda's second. Yeah. Mazda's been a hot setup uh you know for for a manufacturer that struggled in IMSA racing for so long. Winners of the last two races. And uh is is Road America is is, is that more of a track uh for uh, the Mazda do you think or or is it for uh, Acura and Team Penske? Well, with the adjustments with the the balance of performance this weekend after Mazda winning the last two races. Uh, it's really evened it out, and now Helio just bumped into the front row. Okay. Right now, as we're speaking, and Mazda, it's front row Penske's and second row the Mazdas. Okay. And with them winning the last two races, I think it's it's really going to Acura has been pretty tough here. Yeah. And in the past, you know, and and with most of the races, especially with the Indy cars and that, we've seen it in NASCAR too. Uh, it can also be uh, a, 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 where your gas mileage is so very important. Is that something I meant that, that we may run into where pit stop strategy and how, how you time your stops and, and if you can stretch out uh, a sequence, uh, a, a fueling sequence longer than the other guys, that you might be able to sneak one away? Or how is that going to work out this weekend, do you think? Well, definitely at Road America is is becomes a pit stop strategy race. And as you well know, the Penske team, it's one of their specialties in any type of racing they do. And I think Road America just really will play into their hands tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah. And then on the, on the GT side, uh, the four GTs, of course, uh, we had Joey Hand on a couple of weeks ago. How are the four GT guys uh, going up against the Corvettes and the Porsches in it? Well, I, BMW took uh, Tom Blumquist. Really? Hole for BMW, which okay. is kind of a shocker. Yeah. Um, and all the cars, except for uh, Patrick Pile, were under the track record. And I think going into the race, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting race. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Very interesting. Uh, with BMW, the with the with the quick setup at Road America for tomorrow's IMSA Road Racing Showcase. So make sure uh, you get out there. You can get if you drive up there, you can get tickets right at the gate uh, at at Road America. You got four gates that you can enter into and uh, and uh, see some good racing uh, tomorrow at Road America. 
And, of course, we're talking to Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, and you, you got to see the new mid-engine Corvette. It, it's, like it's, it's like a rock star up there, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's really amazing when you think about uh, coming up here and the new Corvette that will be introduced for next year is here. And they actually have two of them in different colors. And I'll tell you, a lot of people are here just for that to see it. And it's, it's pretty exciting, Absolutely. definitely, to see a, a new car unveiled, the mid-engine. I think it's really going to do a lot of uh, – they're going to sell a lot of cars, as Doug Feehan was telling us mm-hmm. in one of the press conferences, that all the Corvette enthusiasts are very, very excited about this car. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a win-win situation for them because I'm curious to know, and for Road America, too, because – I, I, I know if I'm a Corvette enthusiast and I get to see this thing, you know, uh, firsthand, I'm, I'm heading up to Road America and checking it out. So it's pretty cool. And it, it, this is one of those situations where definitely you can see it's it's a you know, race, uh, one, especially when we see a race, but you can see it at the racetrack. Uh, so you see it at the racetrack on Sunday and sell on Monday. So I think that's going to be the, the, the hot ticket this year uh, or next year, uh, the next model year for that mid-engine Corvette. And I saw Jay Leno had a video, too, on it in Jay Leno's garage. Uh, and, you know, it, it makes sense. He was, they were talking to the lead designer, and they had pretty much done everything they could do with the C7, you know, with, with the front-engine design. They, they, you know, developed it over so many years, and it's it was time now to start with a with a fresh approach. And Zura Ark of D- Duntoff was the was the driver or was the driving force behind uh, and always kind of wanted a mid-engine engine Corvette. So it's interesting that it's finally come uh, in, into reality now in 20, uh, 2019 for the 2020 year. Uh, we're running short on, t- on time on Eddie. Let's get let's go to predictions. NASCAR's at Watkins Glen this weekend. Who do you like on Watkins Glen? I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. What says you, uh, Jeff Orlowski? I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. All right. And then uh, we have a Formula One at uh, Hungary. And, uh, Eddie, who do you like out there? I'm going with Verstappen. Verstappen. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Botas in the Mercedes. And I'm going to go with my good buddy. I uh, grew up, went to school with this kid. Uh, Lando, don't call me Chuck Norris. <laughs> Lando Norris. I like it. And then, Eddie. All right. Road America, Imza. Who do you like uh, for overall winner? I'm going to go with the Penske's. Okay. I'm going to go with Dane. I think Dane and Camry's going to pull this one out. Okay. The Penske, Acura. All right. I'm and I'm I'm going to go with Oliver Jarvis and the Mazda. So and then uh, good call. Yeah. Who do you like, uh, Jeff? I'm going to go with Eddie and go Dane Cameron. Okay. Very good. Uh, how much time we got, Jeff? Uh, we've got a just about a minute and a half. Oh, so Eddie, well, you, you got well, a minute and a half. Tell us, tell us about Road America some more. I think you need to come up here and see this in person tomorrow. I think Road America is a great fan-friendly place, and I think that this is an awesome weekend. The weather, except for this little hiccup, we had this little uh, shower that put a little damper and qualifying, but I think tomorrow. It's going to be a great race, very exciting. The food, you can't beat it. It's the best in the country. 
yeah. racetrack. How many, how, how many double brats have you had today? Uh, I've just limited. I'm doing singles, and <laughs> I've had one single each day. I'm 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 not going over the hill, but my dad is uh, having lobster tonight for us. So cool. Uh, me for me and Jack. So, All right. Um, kind of saving up for that. And I saw Rich Zimmerman was up there, and uh, Jack Webster's up there too. The best photographers up at Road America. So make uh, you can check out their stuff at RacingNation.com and also on the Facebook page, The Final Inspection Show. We appreciate you uh, for coming on the show, Eddie, and we appreciate well, the I listeners. Appreciate you having me. All right, and we appreciate the listeners listening. We'll see you next week on The Final Inspection Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.